to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Welcome, everybody. Number of stories to get to here. Um, first of all, just a couple of housekeeping things, so to speak. Uh, I wrote a Substack article, which is up on the American Classroom right now. You can check that out. Um, I fill it again with some pretty straightforward predictions of what I think is going to just continue to happen with American education, in particular in 2022. And Again, you know, a number of it might not, certain parts of it, of course, aren't even necessarily predictions because they are already happening. Um, I just think that it's going to continue to happen, and that's just the way that it's going to be. Um, the one point, though, that I that I do make in it, which is something, again, that really doesn't get discussed a lot, um, although it is certainly happening behind the scenes and they're panicking is the destruction and deterioration of teacher education programs at the university level. And one little point here that I sort of want to elaborate on quickly, although I allude to it in the article, uh, you know, in, in one or two sentences, but one really has to question the mind frame of an individual today who wants to be a school teacher. And I, I really mean that. Because you're talking about now a profession that has openly abused children with mask wearing, a profession that is fully indoctrinated with controlled curriculum from outside organizations that are, that are determined to make money on the brainwashing of minors. And you have blind administrators, and many of them of which are teachers as well, who are pushing through all of these things without an ounce of rational thought. So it really brings to bear a serious question, which is, if a person says today, I want to be an American school teacher, my question back to them would, would be, why, number one, and number two, where do you expect to teach? where you believe that you'll be able to make a positive difference with students and not be controlled. You see, one of the, one of the reasons that I became a school teacher, and there were numerous reasons. I, first of all, I was born to do it. I'm certain of that. Second of all, I knew the difference between right and wrong. And I knew that what I witnessed when I was a, a student in school, much of it was wrong. And so I entered the profession to right those wrongs because I knew that, again, I could have influence with students and what goes on in my classroom. The problem became when that influence started to be controlled by outside entities, outside administrators, outside curriculum, curriculum directors, you name it. And any semblance of autonomy that I had disappeared. Now, that took, I would say, well, I mean, it was almost immediate, but given my personality, I didn't put up with it, and I pushed back because, again, I knew the difference between right and wrong. So it's, it just continues to beg the question, if a person wants to be a school teacher today, they have to be, they have to be gumby as, as a human being. They have to be um, completely incapable of original thought and the ability to stand firm on your principles, morals, and values, because that's just not the profession anymore. I don't know if it ever really was. I certainly know that it was back in the, in the times of one-room schoolhouses, 
where there was actual discipline, reading, writing, arithmetic, uh, you know, preparation for working and XYZ. All of that was fantastic. And as we know, that's gone away. And and that's just not the profession that exists today. So it does beg again the larger question of what kind of a person wants to be a teacher, knowing what goes on at the college and university level, what kind of a person wants to enter a teacher preparation program, in particular again today, knowing full well that there's this cloud that's hanging over everyone's head with mask wearing and jab rollout. Um, and again, the the indoctrination and propaganda in in the curriculum that they have to teach, or else they lose their job. So, the nursing profession, for example, could could, could be taken the exact same way. What what kind of a person today would say, you know, what I want to do? I want to enter a profession that's openly killing people, not listening to real facts, not investigating anything, but just doing what the corporation and the board members tell us to do, including wearing a mask all day long, when that clearly doesn't do anything. So again, it it just these are the kinds of things that I think um, moving forward are going to continue to be exposed, and it's going to be uncomfortable for a great deal of people. Because while I know that there are many teachers out there that never wore a mask, I've even had them on on the podcast here, never worn the mask, never played the game, didn't have their students wear the mask, calmed their students down and said, look, you can take them off. They don't do anything. You know, stop watching TV and believing that and blah, blah, blah. Uh, Not disciplining students for not wearing their masks, you know, doing all of the morally sound things. It it doesn't take long though, for again that to to back up on them when they're doing the right thing, which should prove to everybody again that the the environment is openly advertising that they do the wrong thing, will do the wrong thing, are going to continue to do the wrong thing no matter what, and. You know, for those teachers, for example, and again, we're talking about a giant spectrum here with, you know, a lot of notches in this spectrum, but you also have endless teachers who, who don't wear a mask now, many, some of which I'm sure are not jabbed, know that all of this is fraudulent. But then I would still say this, I would still ask those individuals, I'd say, first of all, good for you. Second, I would say, did you have your students wear a mask at some point? Were you wearing a mask at some point because an administrator told you to, or did you actually stand up to those people and say, I'm never doing this and my students are never doing it? Because again, it falls in line with this, I'm not going to say the the real example that I want to bring up. It was an excellent line that was brought up in the movie, White Men Can't Jump. And if you've ever seen that movie, you know what line I'm talking about, but I'm not going to repeat it here because it's rather vulgar, but it's hilarious, but vulgar. But it, but Essentially, again, it's it would be like saying, "Well, I don't punch I don't punch children in the face." I mean, I've I've gone my whole life not doing it. I did it once, but I don't do it anymore. Again, it it begs the question: Wait a minute, you punched you you punched a child in the face? I mean, what are you doing? Again, it's the mask wearing. Um, it's the going along to get along. Well, I want to keep my job. I want to keep my job. This just continues, I think, to be a huge issue going forward because the entire business, while it was corrupt 
and has been for approximately 100 years. Since that's been the case, in particular with the infiltration of teacher unions and, and so on and so forth, school board associations, and I've brought them up in the past before, it's all at the surface now where everybody can see it. So you have to question the mind frame of an individual who is actually considering entering the profession. Um, you know, you, you would really have to sit them down and, and, and ask them a lot of questions. And I mean a lot. Are you jabbed? Well, probably, because if you're attending a college or a university, you're probably jabbed now. Um, you know, what's your stance on mask wearing? It's just, you know, the river has been crossed here and there's, and there's just no going back as far as the profession is concerned. And again, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that it's a good thing. I, I think that it's a good thing that it's finally been exposed for what it is, that the American public and the worldwide public has seen the depths to which school teachers will just do what they're told, even when it comes to abusing minors. And, um, and that's, you know, that's kind of my stance on it. I think it's just going to continue to be interesting to watch as we move forward here through 2022 as to what moves are going to be made next. And again, in the Substack article, I, uh, I lay that out a little bit, sort of one piece at a time. And I'm sure there's a lot of other nuances that I missed, but, um, there's just this ebb and flow, this back and forth where again one thing rolls out and one thing happens and then that causes something else to happen which then causes something else completely different to happen and i just don't think that it's necessarily a good thing again the, the river's been crossed here and uh yeah there's no going back to any sort of normal whatsoever um self governance homeschooling these are these are the way forward small small schools with no masks, no jabs, open curriculum where again you can you can do what needs to be done. Um, one of the things that I would like to see personally, and it's again something that I would love to do myself and be associated with, but I don't I don't see any reason, and I'm sure it's happening. I can't be the only person who's thought of this, but we we know that many school or we know that many parents, for example, utilize the school environment as daycare and that that of course was all driven by the rockefellers and the carnegies and and government so that that time could be taken away from the parents and given to government so what is keeping a group of parents for example or even better uh, you know a group of knowledgeable teachers who have had enough and are sick of everything that's going on in the public, private, and charter school domains, what's keeping them from finding a building somewhere and utilizing homeschool curriculum, like in the last episode with JT when I was talking when we were talking about Abeka? What's keeping them from from utilizing that and having the families buy the Abeka system and then keep that system inside of that building? or inside of what they would call then their new homeschool, so to speak. So it would, be, it would be advantageous for the parents from a work standpoint to where if both parents are working, 
that they can still send their child to this healthier environment, but the child is doing and engaging in homeschooling kinds of curriculum that does not have the government overreach that a public school would have. So for, for that kind of parent, for example, it would sort of be the best of both worlds in the sense, again, that unfortunately they would still be using it as, as a daycare kind of thing, but it would be a school that, again, just has homeschooling curriculum available that, again, the parent buys, but there would be an instructor there to help them and guide them through with the ultimate purpose, and this is big, with the ultimate purpose of getting that child or that student to teach themselves and to read themselves and to investigate and think for themselves without consistently having a teacher looking over their shoulder or lecturing to them or doing whatever that goes on. I think that that right there could be a perfect example of something that needs to happen more often in the future and could exist going forward. Again, I've heard a lot of these, you know, a, a lot of stories about, um, in particular, female teachers, again, because the profession is dominated by women. But, and I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing, but I've heard a lot of stories from, from female teachers who have had enough and they quit their jobs because they said, I'm not doing this. You know, I'm, I'm not wearing the mask. I'm not taking the jabs. I'm not abusing these students. So, what I've decided to do is open up my house and I have, Parents pay me and they come into, you know, they drop their kids off at my house and I work with them and teach them and do this and do that. I mean, me personally, I don't know if I, I would be able to do that with multiple grade levels all at once. Um, I, I don't know. But if that works for them, good for them. I, I also think, again, if a person can't homeschool and doesn't want to do that part of it, that there's something else that could take place where multiple teachers, we'll say half a dozen of them, are all um, existing within a building that has, again, I don't know how many rooms you would need, but the point is is that it, it would be a safe haven for students and even educators who are morally sound to go to these places and, and do the right thing and, and teach these students, again, excellent curriculum like what Abeka offers. And, and countless others. Um, it would be nice to have a, you know, one program like a Becca for all grade levels. That way, again, when a child is receiving the younger instruction based on a, on, a, on a younger grade, they know that they're going to be receiving similar curriculum as they age throughout that particular program. But uh, yeah, I, I think that that's something that could, should, and, and might, might be happening right now. My point is, is I just don't know. I, I don't think that homeschooling curriculum has to be limited to a child's address. I think that you can utilize homeschooling curriculum in an independent school building that's that's tutoring slash teaching these students that very curriculum. So yeah, that's kind of my rant on that. I think that I think that would be a cool thing. I hope that happens. I would I would like to see that happen more. Is kind of my point, but. Yeah. So in the Substack article, again, I just hit on some some predictions and paradigm shifts that I think are, are going to take place. So uh, I highly recommend checking that out. And again, it's on my website, AmericanEducationFM.com. And it's also titled The uh, American Classroom is the name of the Substack. 
Um, also, on my website, under the Documents tab, I have two sections that I've added to regarding detoxing from the jab. I came across a rather elaborate PDF. It's full of colors and all kinds of things. Again, I'm not a medical doctor. I'm just putting it out there for you to read if you're interested um, and you know, maybe sharing with some family members who have been jabbed or whatever. I'm not saying it's going to cure anybody of anything, but there's a lot of detox uh, steps that are, that are taken there. So under the documents tab, there's two, there's two sections I have listed at the top that it'll say uh, detoxing from the jab, and then there's another one below it that says detoxing from the jab number two. The detoxing from the jab, the first one, is a long, elaborate PDF with m multiple different doctors contributing, and uh, I've basically just added to that. And then the detoxing from the jab number two is one big PDF, which is the color one. Um, so if, again, if you're interested in downloading those and checking those out, you can. Again, it's all free. Uh, I also include a little post in there about fenbenzenol, if I'm saying that correctly. This is, uh, again, a dietary supplement that's available on Amazon in both pill and powder form. Uh, and it is continuously being talked about in the spheres of cancer cures, in particular regarding um, cancer tumors and diminishing cancer tumors. Again, you can purchase this on Amazon. Getting a, uh, a big bag of the, of the powder is 200 some odd dollars. And then you can buy, uh, I think, 22 milligram or 44 milligram pills, or it could even be higher than that. I'm not entirely sure. 222 maybe and 444, something like that. But it's available on Amazon is the point. And yeah, um, it's a dietary supplement. So I'm not sure taking it casually could, could do any harm to anybody. But um, again, don't quote me, not a medical doctor, but it's certainly something that's continuously being talked about. Again, in the in the realm of cancer cures and diminishing cancer tumors, not necessarily for leukemia or or things of that nature, but um, definitely cancer tumors, I believe. A few other stories here to go through, and then I want to end with with another anonymous story here that I read on Great Awakening which I thought was interesting and really does highlight the family dynamic of what's going on with everything. But it's a story about two grandparents who are basically standing up to their own children who are jabbed and and saying, look, we're not going to come over to your house and, and take tests and we're not taking the jab. So, you know, we just won't see you this Christmas. And they put their foot down and uh, yeah, there you go. So they're standing up to their own kids who are fully brainwashed, which is great. It's sad, of course, that it's dividing families, but um, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know what else to say regarding that. I'll, I'll elaborate a little later when I read it. But um, anyway, here's the first story I wanted to go over. And this comes from uh, lawenforcementtoday.com. Uh, it's titled, Over 500 FOIA Requests Were Filed by Parents Against Loudoun County School District Over Rape Cover-Up. I'm just going to read a little bit of this here because, again, this just continues to show countless individuals that these environments are not interested in learning. They're not interested in teaching. They are interested in indoctrination, criminality, covering up their criminality. And this is what these environments do by design. And one of the ways, of course, that you can tell that with, with any school district has to do with how big they are. 
the bigger the school district and the and the and the larger the district offices are with more and more employees that should be the dead giveaway that there's a lot of people there that are interested in again maintaining a particular image and if that image starts to crack i mean it's going to it's just going to flood eventually and this is a perfect example of what's happening in Loudoun County you cannot shine a light on Loudoun County Virginia as brightly as what has been shined on them for as long as it has and not expect to find things you're going to find stuff and now these parents have had enough. Yeah, and you got countless FOIA requests, which is fantastic. So it says this, Loudoun County Public Schools, which has faced widespread backlash and scrutiny covering up sexual assault in the district schools, is now dealing with hundreds of Freedom of Information Act requests filed by district parents. It says FOIA requests uh, filed by parents seeking to gain information on sexual assaults in the schools has increased the yearly average of requests by five times. From 2012 to 2018, the average number of FOIA requests in the school district was about 90. Still not good. Uh, and then it says about 40% of the new FOIA requests have been filed on behalf of Fight for Schools, a watchdog group fighting for transparency from the school board. School Division Public Information Officer Wayne Bayard said the requests have forced the district to double its staff to process the requests. And to that I say, ridiculous, that you're having to now pay more people to print off things or uh, send emails or whatever. But you're also paying people to delete documents. And you'd better believe that's happening. Because there's no way that a school district like them goes through all of those documents, not hitting the delete button on the computer every once in a while. It's just going to happen. Um, they have too much to hide. They have too much to hide, and they have too much that'll get exposed in the process. So there's that. Thanks again, Loudoun County, for nothing. Here's the next one. This is from a few days ago, Minnesota School Board votes to give minority teachers higher pay. Not sure I have to go through this also. Again, the headline pretty much says it, says it, uh, says it straight up. Again, Minnesota's lost the plot, and they lost it a long time ago. So again, it goes back to the first thing that I said at the beginning here. It should show people what is going on at the K-12 level, which means you'd better believe that this is happening at the teacher education level within universities. I mean, they're pushing this kind of, if you're white, you'd better hate yourself. And if you're a minority, you deserve to be paid more because of your race or your skin color or what have you. It's, I mean, it is the Bolshevik play of all plays. And they, they, it just can't be defined any clearer than that, I don't think. Um, the fact that segregation and discrimination based on race is so widely accepted in these areas is astounding. But again, it begs the question again, what is the frame of mind of the person who is working in those environments? They're not well. The people that are, again, are, are, are working in those environments just are not well. Um, yeah, I don't know if I can elaborate on it. But again, 
who would want to be a school teacher today? I just don't get it. I really don't. And again, I applaud the schools that that never wore masks and they never, you know, they're not pushing the jabs and and they've they've stayed out of it. I'm certain that there are some schools where that's the case. I think that those schools are few and far between, but I'm not doubting for a minute that those schools exist. I'm I'm certain that they do. We of course don't hear from them. Uh and and they're not as vocal as they probably could be. So again, if somebody's out there and they're listening to this and you want to get a hold of me and you've worked in one of these buildings that's never pushed the masks, no one wears masks, uh, very few, if any, are jabbed, and, and you're sticking to exactly you know, a, a good sound curriculum, you know, get a hold of me. Shoot me an email. I'd love to have you on and have a conversation as to what you think is going on. But all of this, again, has taken a massive toll on students as well, which again leads me to this. And this is a huge story, of course, from this week and not surprising because, again, I even wrote about this in my Substack months ago, um, not tooting my own horn. I'm just saying that the writing was on the wall with this. And it comes from um, greatgameindia.com. Uh, it's titled Lockdown Policies and Mask Mandates Linked with Lower IQ and Social Brain Damage in Children. It says the following. Quote, according to a clinical psychiatrist for children and adolescents, recent lockdown guidelines and mask regulations in the county are leading to a generation of children with lower IQs and signs of social brain damage. On an interview with host Cindy Druk- Drucker, if I'm saying that right, probably not, of The Nation Speaks, aired on 25th of December, Dr. Mark McDonald, who again, I believe was the um, child psychologist who has associated himself with America's frontline doctors. I watched this guy speak live. I liked his presentation in San Antonio this past summer. I thought it was very good. He told a horrific story again, which I brought up here uh, in in previous episodes, albeit a while ago. That um, you know he he he's he's having conversations with these families that are fully masked, fully jabbed, and bringing their children in fully jabbed, fully masked. And they're watching television on a constant basis. They're panicked. They're hypochondriacs. They are um, full-blown Munchausen syndrome. They're not well. And he's just trying to make little inroads to get them to take off the mask because they actually think that the mask is saving them, that the mask is a lifesaver. I mean, just the other day, for God's sakes, I was driving down the road. It's raining out. And there's two adult women walking next to each other. Uh, one of them is wearing a mask and the other one is not. I, I you know, I got nothing on that. I, I, I don't even, I don't even know. I, I, yeah, I got nothing. I don't even know what to do with that. Um, but anyway, back to the article. It says, uh, referred to a study published on August 11th by Brown University that noted, quote, children born during the pandemic have significantly reduced verbal, motor, and overall cognitive performance compared to children born pre-pandemic. In a separate interview with the same episode, director of the Center of Evidence-Based Medicine at Oxford University, Professor Carl Hennigan, made reference to evidence that the restrictions around the pandemic and the fear we instill into children has resulted in the aggravation of psychological issues. No kidding. 
Again, this a lot of this just goes without saying, uh, which is why, again, the people that are homeschooling are saving their children's lives here. They're saving their lives. Because there's another thing, again, which comes from, is a little clip, um, a couple of quotations, rather, from a book, I believe, that's titled On Killing. And it has to do with, uh, it was written by a lieutenant colonel or lieutenant general something. Um, I'm sorry, I'm not getting the specifics correct right, but it, it essentially said that when you mask individuals over the course of time because they can't see each other's faces, they start to detest human beings. In particular, if they are children, and children are, are muzzled or gagged or wearing things over their face, it's, it's, it's just like um, you know, you're being robbed and the robber is wearing a face mask covering their face. The look of that is more intimidating and evil, um, which, which of course immediately raises an individual's intuition that this person is unsafe and wants to do harm. That's what's going on in American schools who are still doing this. They're instilling those psychological damaging behaviors and developmental behaviors by getting American children and adults to hate one another on a constant basis. And the mask alone is doing that. And I agree with that assessment wholeheartedly. I mean, this is something that has been studied at length in previous decades, uh, in particular within um, the, you know, I guess it would be the 20th century, uh, all throughout that century, endless wars throughout that century. And again, criminology, of course, is a field of study, and rightfully so. And so when you, when you trace neural wavelengths and you can take CAT scans and, and MRIs of people's brains as they're watching particular things. If you were to see an image of an individual who is, you know, nice looking and not masked and, uh, you know, whatever else. And then on the other end, you have the exact opposite of a person who looks intimidating, is wearing a mask, you know, th their face is frowning, whatever. Uh, the, the feelings that are going to radiate throughout that person's brain and the emotions that are going to take place throughout that person's brain are going to be detrimental. And again, it's just happening on a day-in and day-out basis. So again, it, it raises serious questions about the frame of mind of the people that are working in these buildings and doing what they're doing to minors. It continues here. Uh, it says, 8 out of 10 children and adolescents report worsening of behavior or any psychological symptoms, or an increase in negative feelings due to the COVID-19 pandemic, concluded on the October 2nd study. It says, quote, school closures contributed to increased anxiety, loneliness, and stress. Negative feelings due to COVID-19 increased with the duration of school closures, the study reports. Deteriorating mental health was found to be worse in females and older adolescents. It then says, according to Hennigan, teens over the age of 12 also perform worse than children under 12 as adolescents experience increased peer and social pressures and are more aware of the news that is being broadcast around the world. Here's another point I want to bring up, and it reminded me again of that story when I was driving past those two kids who were pushing a bike up a hill and they're both wearing masks when it was 85 degrees outside. If you recall, excuse me, if you recall that story, 
this th- that paragraph right there brings in another angle in the spectrum here that is remarkably problematic because now you have endless minors in these environments teenagers uh, all the way down to elementary school students and you have i'm sure some students saying these masks are terrible i hate wearing this this is stupid and then you have the exact opposite kind of student you have these students and these minors that are saying why would you say that these masks are super important we have to wear these and this has to be the approach that we take moving forward because this is serious how dare you joke about that and say that these masks aren't blah 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 you know that that's going on so as if the the K12 environment was not divisive enough you've got minors who are trying to get to know one another trying to quote unquote be friends trying to quote unquote go to school to get friends whatever other reason they're there um and even they are divisive with one another over the mask wearing which means are they going to buckle on their position regarding the mask at such a young age just to get a friend or are they going to stand firm in their young and yet malleable con- uh, you know conviction so to speak and take a stance and simply say no these masks are wrong and this is all wrong see that's where it backs up on the parents because if the parents are pro mask and if they're sending their children to a public school where they're wearing a mask i mean you know that pretty much lays that out uh, in most situations anyway but it it really just again continues to shine a light on the development and i would say developmental retardation that is absolutely taking place among minors they're 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 generating um remarkably unhealthy relationships that actually aren't relationships at all unless of course they are equally delusional and hanging out one another believing that they love the mask and the mask is right and xyz or the other end of that spectrum which is they're hanging out with each other tolerating the mask knowing that they hate the mask but they're doing it and having conversations with their fellow peers about how stupid the masks are which again i would say is clearly the healthier of the two angles it's still awful that they're still going to these environments and being treated the way that they are but at least um, they're maybe becoming a little more anti-authority, which is a good thing. Certainly in these, uh, is, you know, certainly in this day and age, because authoritarians are are the ones calling a lot of these shots here. And again, people are just folding and, and buckling to that pressure. It continues here and it says, quote, the first thing is to de-escalate any fear and anxiety around COVID for children, Hennigan said. For children, COVID is actually a very safe disease and children shouldn't be worried about the impact of COVID on themselves or their future health. Yeah, pretty straightforward. It says shutting areas like schools was a mistake because it's good to keep them open for purposes of education, social connectedness, and well-being, he said. Well, yes and no, but, you know, it's debatable. 
continues. It says we should really prioritize education and those interventions that are in the children's best interests. As stated by the study on December 20th, data from the U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention also indicates that visits related to mental health in 2020, when the restrictions brought about by the pandemic were initially imposed, saw an increment of 24% within 5 to 11-year-olds and 31% among 12 to 17-year-olds in comparison to the data published in 2019. I'm going to continue reading this because it, it really is interesting here. Um, I'm going to wrap up this article, though. Uh, okay, so it says this. It says, using anecdotal evidence, McDonald points out that he had seen children who refused to make eye contact, who were wetting their pants or wetting the bed at night, cannot go to sleepovers, being away from their mother for extended periods of time. Says young people, on the contrary, are being pushed out of lockdown restrictions by being so wrapped up in social media and phones and Zoom school because they've been trained for the last year and a half that they did not even want to go out anymore, he said. So it's creating agoraphobia to some extent, which is awful. Um, and uh, yeah, if you're unfamiliar with agoraphobia, it's a fear of outside places and a fear of being away from the home because you think that something bad is going to happen. So agoraphobia is crippling, as you might expect, and agoraphobia is uh, something I'm sure that's dramatically increased throughout this entire time, in particular, again, among the most mentally unstable. Um, but even, you know, something like this can can cause even a, you know the strongest mind to snap, but it, that's really only if the individual has no idea what's going on. Uh, it continues here. It says, McDonald's called out media companies and governments for the creation of a despicable behavioral conditioning program that exposed children to irrational, ridiculous scenarios, such as having to eat outside on a day with a temperature of 40 degrees Celsius run marathons, or even play sports with a mask being compulsory. And I can't help but think of that old Nike commercial of a large, heavy-set um, uh, black girl, I think she was, running full speed, sprinting full speed while wearing a mask. And it was a Nike commercial. And I thought to myself, she'll die. Why, why on earth, I mean, Nike, you know, we know why they're a satanic organization with a, you know, they've had a satanic CEO and XYZ, but he's borderline pedophile if he isn't one really. Um, but I mean, that right there again, shoving that in children's faces, even on YouTube ads and exercising with masks on and, you know, all of that nonsense that places like Planet Fitness and LA fitness and all that other junk all you know all that stuff that they were doing all those restrictions is is so counterproductive to the truth um and the exact opposite of anything that resembles common sense but people would just do it which is beyond ridiculous again no pun intended with the just do it but there you go um let's see it says on December 27th the Biden government recommended that children who are too young to be vaccinated should be surrounded by vaccinated people and mask in public indoor spaces, including schools. And again, I'm, I mentioned that in the Substack article, I don't think the masks are going anywhere. 
I think that these tyrannical schools that have been imposing the masks are going to double down with the mask wearing. Or, as I say in the article, they're going to flip that switch on and off. They're going to say, well, we're not going to have masks at the beginning of the year. Then a bunch of people are going to get sick and they're going to go, well, we got to have masks now. Now we got to put the mask back on because, you know, sick people means it's a mask problem. Uh, it's just awful. It says, uh, let's see, according to COVID plan that's laid out on the website of the White House, hallucinations, anxiety, sleep disorders, psychosis, and suicide are some of the several psychiatric disorders following COVID shots that were reported in more than 100,000 cases. Meanwhile, nerve disorder, uh, Guillain-Barre syndrome, Guillain-Barre, my apologies, I've said it so many times you'd think I'd have it memorized. Uh, have been officially added as a side effect for the AstraZeneca COVID vaccine branded as COVID Shield in India. As reported by Great Game India earlier, a shocking study revealed the terrifying dangers of the mRNA COVID-19 vaccines, including prion-based disease causing your brain to degenerate progressively. The messenger RNA vaccine-induced prions may cause neurodegenerative diseases because long-term memories are maintained by prion-like proteins. The study concluded that mRNA-based vaccines may also cause ALS, front temporal, front temporal lobal, lobar degeneration, Alzheimer's disease, and other neurological degenerative diseases in the vaccine recipients. It says, according to a major Swedish study, spike protein induced by COVID vaccines weakens the immune system and may also lead to cancer. The study found that the spike protein localizes in the nucleus and inhibits DNA damage repair. And then it has a copy of the 37-page study. Okay. Yeah. Uh, more evidence that it's not going well. More evidence that again, the it it go, it goes beyond hypocrisy. We're we're talking about something here that it exceeds hypocrisy to to have these environments that are supposed to be K twelve environments supposed to be rich in research, proven research. the The very actions of them show that they are not only not interested in any proven research whatsoever, but they are solely interested in pushing through their own plans of attack, their own methods of destruction, any way that they possibly can, whether it's breaking the mind down with propaganda curriculum, or it's breaking the mind down with these mask policies and distancing and the totalitarian control, or it's breaking the physical body down even more with all of the above. Because the mind can't live without the body, and the body can't live without the mind. A person can have Alzheimer's and live for a little while, but they tend not to live forever because, again, the two things need one another. The, the brain and the body have to work together. And when one starts to go, the other starts to go, and vice versa. Um, and then, of course, the habits that are displayed as a result of a person having a sharp body and a sharp mind and a person not. And now it's happening again in American K-12 school children who are attending these environments. And it breaks my heart. It absolutely breaks my heart. 
And I hope the people allowing all of this to happen at the K-12 school level and university level burn in hell. It's that simple. I hope they burn in hell. They're child abusers. There's no way around that. And I want everybody to understand that. They have shown themselves to be just pure child abusers. There is no excuse. I understand they're brainwashed. I get it. But so are pedophiles and they're, and they're child abusers too. And they're brainwashed because they think, you know, it's just normal. They just think all this is normal. None of it's normal. Um, but here's a perfect example of, of a school district that's awful, I might add, but um, is backing down because they know what's going to happen. Not to mention, I'm going to mention this story also because of a, a, a reason that might not be necessarily recognized at the, uh, you know, at face value here. But this comes from the Daily Caller, and I'm not a fan of their publication necessarily, but uh, it does say this. It says, 30,000 unvaccinated students throw Los Angeles district's mandate into limbo. So the Los Angeles Unified School District, which as you would expect is horrible, essentially said, that uh, they were going to have a January 10th vaccine deadline. Um, And then as soon as they did that, countless parents and teachers said, we're not doing that. Um, We're not going to participate in that. And they backed down. And now they have pushed their deadline back to the fall of 2022. And it says they did so once it realized that it would have to send home 30,000 students who faced the choice to either get vaccinated or switch to an online independent study program. You see, here's why I bring this up. And I said this a year ago. Um, I'm I'm certain I've written about it at length throughout the last couple of years, but they these american k12 schools created the one thing they never wanted to create which was school choice they 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 didn't want to do it but the but by the grace of god and the white hats in charge of this operation and speeding it up what have they done they created school choice they created the thing that they never wanted to do now they have to rely on school choice in order to try to um, continue with the, with this giant COVID lie. You know, you'll you'll even hear endless superintendents like the the dimwit who who uh, runs the local school district here where I live. He he consistently says, "We don't want to go back to to online learning. We don't want to do that again. We will do whatever we have to do to to make sure that that isn't the case." But his alternative, of course, is having students in school wear masks. Um, it doesn't matter what's going on during a sporting event. There's no mask wearing. It doesn't matter what's going on when the, when the choir is singing, they're all standing next to each other, not wearing masks, but having them wear masks apparently in a classroom and while they're walking around the hallway is somehow a, a, a tenable scenario. It, it defies logic. It makes no sense whatsoever because again, we know that the mask doesn't work. The point here with this story is that They've, again, created the thing that they didn't want to create, and now they know that there would be a mass exodus if they forced these jabs through, because you would have countless students say, I'm not doing that. I want to do the online home curriculum, which, by the way, 
they can't get rid of. Now, as poor as the online curriculum was for these school districts that created it out of thin air, and I saw it firsthand, I know how shitty it is, and it is bad. It's, it's disorganized. It's all over the place. Um, it's, it's, it's laughable. But as they were doing it, they could have fine-tuned it and actually made something that would mimic something like Abeka. Where or calverteducation.com, where it would be organized by grade level, by subject, but they can't do that, you see, because if they do that, the cat's out of the bag. If they, if they do it permanently, then it would raise the question for the more morally sound um, students who are attending these institutions, why don't we just do this all the time from home? Why is it that we have to wake up at five, six in the morning and come to this school building to then be abused all day long and basically do the same kinds of schoolwork. Because if you're counting it at home and it's online and you're counting it in this brick and mortar abusive environment, what's the difference? What's the difference in the curriculum, so to speak? Um, it's, it's like the old line when you heard, uh, <laughs> for anybody who knows that you know, space is fake and we never landed on the moon. I haven't gone into too long of, of uh, explanation about all of that, but of course it was all fake. Um, you'll hear one of, the, one of these NASA puppets, not a space agency, but you'll hear one of these NASA puppets say, well, the reason we haven't been back to the moon is because we, we got rid of all the technology that uh, caused us to go to the moon in the first place and uh, we just get cost too much to build it all back. Wasn't that funny? Isn't that funny? Because it's the exact same stupid explanation that these K-12 schools are creating when it comes to their online curriculum. They built it. They did it. They implemented it. Whether it worked or not is another story, but they had it anyway. And now they're acting like they don't want to return to it because, again, the attendance would, would drop and you would create even more division within the school buildings that already occurred all last year, in particular last winter. I mean, the division that occurred last winter of, of this year, 2021, in, in January and February, if you recall, was astounding. It was astounding. The, the Chicago public school system was on the news, um, in particular alternative outlets, on a constant basis being laughed at because they didn't want to go back to school because, well, they've been jabbed, but they don't know about their other their other coworkers and their students, and the students can't get the jab. So why would I want to go back um, if they're not jabbed? Because I don't want to die and blah blah blah. I mean, the insanity stretched all the way back then regarding the division that's that's being perpetuated throughout these schools. I don't see that getting better. I really don't, and it just again adds more evidence that these environments are criminal organizations. They've, they've created endless uh, workarounds, so to speak, and they can't even stick to it because they don't want to. Because if they do, they're only, they're only shining a larger light on them that they are frauds, and they can't have that happen. I mean, <laughs> can the light get brighter on them for being frauds? Yes, it certainly can, and I think it's, I think it's going to continue to be the case. I think that's what 2022 has in store. I'll, I'll wrap up. I'll wrap up here by saying this. I think that um, 
I think that 2022 is going to be dangerous for a variety of reasons. I'm not dooming. I'm not glooming. That's not what this is. I'm simply saying that more and more sludge is going to come to the surface and people are going to have to make more firm decisions about the well-being of themselves and their children when it comes to these environments. They've, they've prolonged it. They've put it off. I know a lot of people, again, who they say, well, you know, we're, we're just, we're, we're making do and we're, we're trying to get along to, you know, go along to get along. And, and we think they're going to reverse their policies and get this back to some semblance of normal. Again, I don't think that's going to happen. I think that ultimately self-governance is going to win the day here. I think that American families and their children are going to have to step up and self-govern and say, we aren't doing this anymore. The, the mental and emotional health of ourselves, our children, are too important to just give it up to government and let government put its cigarettes out on the minds of our children. Um, the child's mind is not an ashtray, and it should never be treated as such. But unfortunately, again, they've shown their hands, and the next thing that's going to roll down here is going to be, is going to be a massive jab rollout for American K-12 public schools. And Robert Kennedy spoke about that not that long ago. I highlight a quote of his in the Substack article again. I, I, I think that, that that will be the biggest fight moving forward here. But again, there are greener pastures on the other side. And I think that more and more American families are going to see that, realize that, and um, yeah, you, you you just don't know what's in the mind of a child sometimes until it's too late. And I and I I, I think that more and more American families need to do whatever they can to make sure that they don't reach that stage of too late. That it's too late. The American mind has to be saved. And the young American mind has got to be preserved so that it can survive uh, in the future because we're going to need them. And we want, we want them to be around. And we want their, their, their families to be around also. But it's going you know, to take some, some serious moves here and some serious shaking in order to take the governance back, take the education back, the, the individualized learning back. You heard, you know, the last guest, JT, you know, he's got an eight-year-old and she's practically teaching herself. Again, I see that eight-year-old and then I see a 16, 17-year-old female student at a high school wearing a mask who's literate, can read, but is more concerned with being seen in a school environment and quote-unquote having friends during the school day as opposed to doing what she could be doing which is the which is what the 8 8 year old is doing which is teaching themselves it's embarrassing to be honest i think it's embarrassing because that right there would be a huge slap in the face i think and a kick in the pants to walk up to a high schooler whisper in their ear and say hey just wanted to let you know there's an 8 year old who's teaching themselves at home right now they're literate, just like you are, but they're, they're at home. Guess what they're not doing? They're not wearing a mask. They're not being abused. They're being raised correctly. Why don't you just go home, 
take your credits that you already have from this high school and enroll in an online homeschooling program. I bet you'll be a whole lot healthier. And if you want, you can still hang out with all your friends on the weekend and in the evenings, and you can go to their house and do all kinds of things. If you were to actually say that to a high school student and remind them that there are actually elementary aged children out there who are smarter than them and less brainwashed, I'll tell you what. Talk about dumping a bucket of cold water on them. It would shake them to the core, I think. Absolutely shake them to the core. And I think that that's going to happen more and more, ladies and gentlemen, in 2022. I have no doubt about it. So with that said, I want to end on this particular, again, anonymous post here that I mentioned at the beginning. And uh, the title is ominous, but again, it ends well. So again, it's, it's older family members standing up for themselves and trying to send the message to their, to their children, in particular, one of their children, their son in particular. Um, it's titled the following. It says, How COVID is Crippling Our Family. It says, My son married a lovely, smart girl who was raised in a liberal Midwestern family that by all appearances are typical upper middle class. Father is CEO of a foundation, the mother a registered nurse that works with a local family practice. Wonderful people. Charming, bright, educated, hardworking, and love the good life. Oh, and our liberals, most important part, or important point, rather, it says. It says, quote, the, the mother is convinced that COVID is truly a deadly disease because she has seen so many people die from it. Her husband, a big strapping guy, spent over a month in the hospital from it. So to her, everything in life is COVID. It's the central focus of every discussion. Because she's a nurse, she feels she's the one with the most knowledge about this deadly disease, and a liberty and and at liberty to set some standards when it comes to any get-togethers. This weekend, my son and his wife were planning a birthday party for their only child. The wife miscarried 2 months ago after being fully vaxxed, but no problem because her mother said the two aren't related because she's the nurse and knows. My wife and I were planning on attending the party until my son called this morning and said, quote, Dad, don't shoot the messenger, unquote. You can guess what was coming. His mother-in-law was requesting all that attend the party be COVID tested first. I thought for a moment and said that we wouldn't be coming, that we wouldn't be coming then. He said, but Dad, you can get one of those quick tests at CVS no problem. I said, why would I? I'm not sick. Then I said, listen, son, my life doesn't revolve around COVID. I asked when were the last time you got tested for smallpox, polio. You do realize that people who think everyone needs to test when they are not sick are suffering from a mental illness. The science shows that the people who carry the highest COVID viral load are those fully vaccinated, not only not those unvaccinated. My wife and I are not vaccinated, nor will we be. We will not be pushed into getting a test that isn't accurate when we don't feel sick either. It's a matter of principle. We had no problem being there because we don't care if they're vaccinated or not. It's a personal matter, and that's it. I said we will see our granddaughter some other time, when they're not around, to get our imaginary cootie bugs. So, but I, 
It says, sorry, but I will not be bullied, pressured, or anything else to satisfy someone else's insecurity and need for control. We don't roll like that. We love you, your wife, and our granddaughter, so we'll see you some other time. He then says, quote, but dad, Betty, not her real name, is concerned because she has seen so many friends die, unquote. To which he responded, son, that's because her friends were never given a script for hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin early when they first got sick. Their doctors never told them to take vitamin D, C, and zinc. Then, when they, when they got to the local hospital, they were given remdesivir like her husband, probably one of the worst things they could have been given. It destroys kidneys. Betty thinks she knows what's best, but I assure you she knows nothing of the science. She follows protocols which are wrong. Exacerbated, he says, I hope this doesn't destroy my daughter's relationship with you and mom. It won't, but we draw the line now because I don't set conditions for them, nor should they for us. And he ends up by wrapping this up by saying this. He says, COVID destroys minds more than any other part of the body. I won't be bullied regardless, nor will I or my wife give in to the pressure. Starting down that road then leads to show your Vax card to enter. No thanks. We're just a couple of loving grandparents who have their standards, their morals, and their common sense. I won't give them up, even if it means I'll miss seeing my lovely granddaughter. Sorry, I don't drink Kool-Aid, never like this stuff, nor will I in the future. Unquote. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this and that hasn't resonated with you regarding family members or anybody that you know, you know, I got to tell you, I, I think that just hits with a lot of people right there. But again, they're taking a stand and they're taking the right stand and they're going to be on the right side of history. So with that said, everybody, Happy New Year. I'll catch you on Monday. It'll be 2022 and what a year it's going to be. Take care. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.